Welcome to the She's the Owner podcast, a podcast where we talk about business, relationships, mindset, and even sex. We go deep on how the masculine and feminine can show up in all areas in life and how to make those energies work for you rather than against you. So grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey guys, as always, we appreciate a five-star review if this podcast has brought you some insight or giggles or whatever in between. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. Now let's get to the show. Hey everybody, this is the She's the Owner podcast. I'm your host, Kara McCarran, and welcome to the show. Um, I've, for some reason, I'm having a hard time recording this one. I don't know. I'm trying to do it in GarageBand, which normally I do it actually in Zoom. And I just like the sound of GarageBand better, but it doesn't um, provide video as easily. So there's not going to be any video of this particular podcast, um, but that's okay. This time is fine. I look kind of like a ragamuffin anyway. So I'm going to do a bit of a dive into um, Date with Destiny, which is an event through Tony Robbins that I have just completed about, shoot, I guess it's a week now. Man, it's so crazy how fast the time goes after you do an event where you think, like, there's just a major time warp, I find, when you're in an event with him because you start off the, the event on day one and then you think, like, this I got to do six days of this shit? Oh, my God. And um, and then all of a sudden it's totally over and you're like, wait, what just happened? And that's always my experience in any event, especially within person um, and this double especially when I'm crewing so this time I didn't crew so I'll tell you a bit of a backstory about it I wrote a blog on it um, on the site so if you go to lovesoldiers.ca you'll find um, find that all this information inside the blog I just released it this morning and so like you know when you are I mean, I always talk about this, how the universe will push you in a direction you need to go, whether or not you want to go there. And that's kind of how my date with destiny happened this time. So I have attended the in-person event in 2019 and it was life-changing for sure. Um, um, and this time the interesting part was that like, as you know, I've, or if you, maybe, you know, maybe you don't know, but I just got off of, um, unleash the power within earlier, in November. So I crewed that event and that one was in person. And so date with destiny wasn't really on my radar in terms of like either attending, I was thinking about possibly crewing it in person. Um, but you know, financially again, like you've heard me talk about this recently, it's, it wasn't financially responsible for me to actually go and participate in this event. It was more of like a, if I want, I really want to do it can I make it happen? And I just, you know, it's, it was a, another expense that I just don't feel like spending. I'm working on other things. I'm trying to build, um, investments and do all these other things. So it was like, well, you know, that crewing can be, you know, a couple 1500 bucks to $2,000, depending on, um, a whole bunch of things. So for me, I was like, meh, I'm not going to crew it unless they really need me. And I reached out to my crew manager and I just said, or my the director and I said listen like how are you guys for crew do you need anybody and she said well if you really want to go if you really want to come then I can make it happen like we can always use your hand but really be certain that you can show up or whatever because um, that's important and I said you know what if you guys are good then I'm good and I'm not gonna I'll, I'll just I'm cool and I didn't really push it and I sort of left it in my mind 
And then this other person, so one of the plots that I'm friends with, um, when I saw him at Unleash the Power Within, um, I said that funny, but when I saw him at Unleash the Power Within, I like he was telling me that, oh, we're doing Date with Destiny here in Toronto or in Brampton. And you're welcome to come and join the the team and we're all going to do it virtually. And I was like, okay, thanks. And then there was another opportunity. I can't remember what it was, but there was another opportunity for me to do it. And I was like, nah. And then finally a friend of mine, Rosa, um, I don't know if she listens to the podcast or not, but I'll make sure she knows I mentioned her. She is one of the, she's so wicked. Like she's such an awesome, awesome woman her and I know each other from crewing and she actually was on my team this time for unleash the power within, which was really beautiful. I had a lot of really strong women on my team who really had to, um, like we all had to work fast and furious and man, it was, and I had a lot of great guys on my team as well, but the women on my team, we just fucking crushed it. It was so good. Um, so Rosa came up or she, she WhatsApped me and she said, Hey, Kara, I've got this opportunity to do, um, date with destiny as part of the Stanford study. And I was like, okay, what are you talking about? So here I am, I'm thinking, wow, like, okay, okay, universe, like I'm listening. I'm seeing that you really, there's something here. You really need me to go. Like, I get it. Okay. But like, let's just see how this plays out. And honestly, I didn't think it was serious. Like it seemed too easy based on all I know about getting into events like this. But basically she's like, well, here, and I thought it was honestly like, I really didn't think it was legit. Like I thought, eh, this is, this doesn't make any sense to me. So she sends me this link and she said, join this group and this group on WhatsApp. And I said, okay. And then she sent me this, um, like three question questionnaire. And then she's like, okay, just now we wait. So I'm in the group and I'm looking at all these other people. I'm like, this still doesn't seem totally right? Like maybe we're going to get like a version of date with destiny. Maybe we're, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what I was really thinking. I just knew that I was like, man, something feels kind of off or not. It didn't feel off. It just seemed too easy. Like really, truly that's kind of how it felt. So then all of a sudden I start getting surveys from Stanford and I'm like, holy fuck, like this is actually going to happen. I booked off the my calendar for the six days. I forgot it was six days. It felt like I, I don't know. I thought it was five for some reason, but it wasn't, it was six. So yeah, six days. And I was like, okay, I'm going to block this time off. And, uh, so I just kept going through the motions and sure enough, I was in the event. So when I go into an event that, so this, like I said, this wasn't planned. I'm just gonna have a sip of water. I ran to the washroom in between there. So now I'm out of breath slightly. Um, like for me, when I, when I don't plan on going into an event as I think it's sort of one of those things where it's like, I really needed to go. So I, I get a lot out of it. But this time I had this weird, I don't know if it was like sort of being numb, but I wasn't, my mindset hadn't been primed to do the event. And so because it hadn't been primed to do the event, I just was sort of meh, blase about it. And of course, that's when you have the biggest breakthroughs. Of course, that's like, you know, that that's when you need the thing the most. So anytime you feel resistance, ladies, like that to me 
and I mean, I think a lot of other coaches would tell you that, but for me, that's the biggest reason to go is when I'm feeling resistance. Like if I'm feeling resistant to something, I always say, okay, I guess this means I got to do it. And many times, I mean, maybe all the time, it's not something I'm like super excited to do. Like I'm resisting studying for my course right now. Why? And I'll sit there in that question. And I have been sitting in that question for a while and a lot of things will come up. And then I, I come to a place where I'm like, okay, this, I've made a decision to do X, Y, and Z. So anytime you feel that resistance, it is not a license to be like, oh, I shouldn't do this thing. It's always, uh, I need to investigate why I'm feeling resistant to something. Um, so just know that just kind of sidebar that. So I'm feeling all this like, meh, whatever I get in. And then all of a sudden my whole fucking world is rocked, of course, because that's Tony's gift to us and the gift of the community and gift of myself, right? Like me looking at myself in this, um, with more grace is, is really what this year has taught me. So here I'm going to kind of go off the blog that I wrote. Um, and I'm going to give, give you some insights for me that came up. I have a ton of notes and, I'm so grateful to Stanford University and Jacob, Dr. Jacob Wilson, who um, facilitated the whole thing for, for us. Um, really, really grateful for them funding it. And like, these are not cheap seats, guys. Like, Date with Destiny is a, it's costly. And so I'm very um, grateful to their team for allowing me to be in the study for sure. And the cool part is they're going to follow us for a year after. So, why is that great for me? Because that's just another level of accountability. And I fucking love that. So I'm really excited to see what happens between now and next year's date with destiny, because I'm absolutely going to be going. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm, I really want to impress upon you is that, you know, whatever career you're in, whatever business you're in, whatever place in your life you're in, it's super important for you to plan like personal development into your life. And for me, so um, this year I'm going to do, I'm finally going to do a Joe Dispenza event and then I'm going to do date with destiny. I am joining the platinum partners by the end of like probably end of the summer. I think I'll be ready by then. I want to definitely join before October, um, because this year is the relationship trip and that's super like, that's, that's my jam baby. I want to go to that one. Um, like, and they only do that every second year. So that one for sure. So as long as I'm in by October, Bob's your uncle. I'm super pumped. Okay. So here's some here. I'm going to say three ta big takeaways from my date with destiny. So number one, Tony said this like in the first, I don't know, who knows, I'm going to, you're in a time warp when you're in the event, but it was day one. It was in the first half of day one. He said, there are only two forms of communication, a lo loving communication or a cry for help. And that one hit me hard. And I've heard him say that, or I, I'm pretty sure I have heard him say that before, but communication is hard for most, most of us. Right. And it's harder if you're actively working on improving yourself versus somebody who doesn't give a shit about improvement. But when you're having a conversation, it's always important to ask, is this like in this, whether it's um, like, generally it's a, it'll be a, some type of conflict, right. Between two people, but not always. So if you're in a, in a situation where you're having a conversation, so I gave an example of, of arguing with Ken. So am I communicating lovingly? Like, is this a loving communication that I'm interacting with him or is it a cry for help? And it's really comes down to those two statements. Like, is this, 
while I'm talking to this person, whether it be a person who works at like say a, a salesperson at Walmart or your boss or your spouse or your kid asking yourself, is this interaction a loving communication or is it a cry for help? I.e. if the person's like really pissed off and like flipping out and yelling at you or cussing you out or whatever, there obviously there's a cry for help there. And it doesn't have to be a super dramatic like cry for help. It's just this person's not lovingly communicating with me. So it must be a cry for help. It must be I need to listen better in this situation. It must be what what is actually going on for this person. And when you start to take yourself out of the actual situation and look at it from that perspective, the whole game changes, right? You're sitting there and you're not looking judgmentally anymore at the person who's flipping you off or saying things that they don't that you don't want to hear necessarily like in a sort of argumentative way. All of a sudden you're looking at them and you're like, "Holy shit." This person needs something here. What can, what do they need right now? What do they need in this moment? Do they need me to listen better? Do they need me to hear them? Like not just listen, but hear them. Do they need some advice? Do they need just me to hold space? Like what does this person need? What is the cry for help here? And when you do that, it actually totally shifts the entire conversation. Now it requires you to really dig deep. It will sometimes require you to take some deep breaths, get out of your ego, get into your heart, right? I always talk about get out of your head, get into your heart and just sit there and witness what's going on. But if you do that, you're going to have a much higher likelihood of pushing that person and yourself into pleasure versus sitting in the pain of the argument. And it and it could be very simple. Like if the person's kind of yelling or getting pissed off or whatever negative emotion they're kind of throwing your way and just say, you know what, I'm just going to stop for a second and I'm going to listen to what you need here right now because you need something and I'm not clear on what it is. So I'm just going to stop and I'm going to listen to you or saying that internally, right? You're, you're, you're going, you're going, you're getting into the argument. You're starting to get all pissy. Stop, just stop for a minute and think, okay, what is this person actually saying to me right now? And how can I meet them instead of fighting with them? So that was a big one. You know, uh, loving communication or a cry for help. Number two, and this one's like, I mean, I titled it in the blog, my values were still kind of fucked and uh, with a embarrassed emoji. So if you've gone to Date With Destiny, you know that the whole core of the entire program is to discover what your values are. So the way that we categorize them is your toward values and your away values. So your away values are things that you're looking to avoid, obviously, I think quite obviously, right? So you're looking to keep yourself away from certain feelings. And then your toward values are the things that you want to feel more of and the things that you want to really navigate your life in a really positive way. So as I mentioned, I did this event in 2019 and the top of my original values was uh, freedom. It was actually companionship and freedom were my top two. And lo and behold, as I did this friggin' exercise again, freedom was at the top, not the top top, but the top, ah, it may, I see, and you get a bit of amnesia because you've, you've, uh, scrambled the old and now you have the new. So it's sometimes hard to remember what you originally had, um, 
or what order you had them in. So I don't even remember if it was the first or the second, but it was at the top. So the toward value of freedom was still front and center. And that shocked me because I truly thought I found freedom, quote unquote, from that value. I hadn't. So I was in a breakout session with it. It was it was two couples. Actually, it was three people, but they were all couples. And it's so interesting when you start to be able to like, it's almost like they were just there to witness. Like I didn't even have to ask them for anything. I just sort of started to talk. And as I was talking, I was realizing what had, what was really going on in my values, um, architecture, my structure. And so as I started to talk about this freedom value, I started to notice it wasn't, I was hiding, we'll say, in a beautiful little package of the word freedom, that it was actually a need for control. So I'm pretty vocal about my feelings on the whole, you know, C-19 stuff. Um, and just, you know, and I mean, obviously so much has come out in the last two years, two and a half, almost three years now, of where, you know, people who are called conspiracy theorists, myself included, I was called one, um, actually weren't because a lot like, you know, so much of what we felt intuitively has been now verified. But one of my rules, so you say, here's my value. And then here's the rule in order for me to feel that value. One of my rules for freedom was that the government could not put us in lockdown or the government could not mandate masks again or mandate vaccines for that matter. So how likely am I to win that game? I'm not. I don't have control over the government. So I'm giving control to them. That was one of like many of my rules. But that's that's the one that sticks out the most because that's the one I had the least control over. So really freedom meant lack of or need for control. And what need for control actually translates to for me was lack of faith. And there it was. It was about lack of faith all along. It wasn't about freedom. And so if faith is my number one value or number two value in this case, that felt different than saying freedom. I don't need to even give any energy to the freedom value because I can be free whenever I feel like it. I am free. I don't need rules in order to feel free, right? So, and Tony talks about that one, because he had that on his list for a very long time, he said, or a while or whatever, and he took it off his list. And ironically, he felt free. And I feel it too. Like I don't have to make any concessions or any not like any, um, like I don't have to make a point of it because I'm free no matter what, no matter what, because I'm in my head, I'm free, period. So I changed it to faith and I took freedom completely off the list. So as soon as I put faith on there, I was like, hmm, that's a value I want. That's a value I want to move toward because having faith, whether you believe in God or you're Christian or Muslim or whatever religious, you know, organization you're from, me personally, I don't, I'm not a part of any organized religion. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just chilling over here being spiritual. But if I have faith, if I want to have faith, let's say in manifestation, I, or if I want manifestation to work for me, I have to have faith. So that value has to be up there because it's kind of dictates everything else. Like I have to believe that this last year was on purpose and this last year was, is going to help me to move things forward. I have to believe that I have to have faith that 
this year, all the learnings that I had are going to actually, you know, translate into something even more powerful than I thought. So in order to feel faith, you know, my rules are when I pray, I can feel faith. When I am out in nature, I can feel faith. When I look in, you know, at the grass growing and the trees growing, you know, all those things, I'm feeling faith in those moments. Um, so I make it that the idea is to make it really easy to feel the toward value and really hard to feel the away value. So knowing that freedom was really had a grip on me and now it's faith, um, felt amazing. And so the next big one on the values list was playfulness. So I'm just going to read you really, um, let me just make sure I can pull this up. No, it's not working. Super. Um, there we go. So playfulness. So I'm just going to read you my toward values and the rules in order for me to feel them. So you have a sense of kind of what this whole thing means. So playfulness when, and that's number one now, when I giggle, when I make jokes, when I watch friends, when I dance or when I cook. So really the way you say it is I can feel playful when I giggle or when I make jokes or when I watch friends or when I dance or when I cook. So I've given myself one, two, three, four, five different ways that I can feel the value of playfulness. And P.S., none of them are reliant on anybody but myself. And that's the key. So number two is faith. When I close my eyes and remember my soul knows, or when I look around and see all the beauty around me, or when I look at nature and see that it does absolutely nothing, it's just perfect. So I don't have prayer on that one, but um, I do have it further down. But so those rules, super easy. Close my eyes and just remember that my soul knows. <sighs> Take a nice deep breath. And that's it. Now I'm experiencing the value of faith. Adventure. Number three. When I go for a drive in my car or when I go out with my girlfriends or when I go on a trip or when I go out with Amelia, my youngest daughter. Those are all ways that I can feel adventure. And again, None of those are fully reliant on other people. Like, yeah, my girlfriends are, but I still have the, like, if nothing else, if all else fails, when I go for a drive in my car, I can feel adventurous. Like I had crazy friggin' rules for that one before. So not all of these have to necessarily change, but they do have to have rules that are easier. Like the rules that I had initially were really hard. So it made it really hard for me to feel good and really easy for me to feel like shit. Passion. When I treat myself in the bedroom, a.k.a. masturbation, I didn't put that on my poster, but that's what I'm saying, or when I work on my business, or when I cook a meal, or when I dance for myself. So I've given myself, like, it used to be if I had incredible sex, I'd feel passion, or if I had a boyfriend. I don't have a boyfriend. I'm not even fully dating yet. Like, how am I going to, so I'm just going to wait to date to feel passionate? Like, that's totally fucked. So now I've given myself four ways to feel passion on my own right? And that's, that's the trick. So number five is success. So this was a big one. I had to have a million dollars in the bank account. I had to have several investment properties. I had to have blah, 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 blah. So I made it really hard to feel successful, which made me feel like a fucking failure. So now success, when I don't give up, like, hello, you know, people can say whatever they want about me. And mostly it's complimentary as far as I know. But one thing people cannot say about me is that I'm a quitter. Like, 
I never, I, it's, I'm just, it, there's just not an ounce of DNA in my body that lets me quit. I may take breaks. I may sit and get quiet and still and figure my shit out, but I never quit. Like going into real estate and coaching women in that area alongside, you know, coaching women in whatever areas they're in. That's an example of not quitting. Like I easily last year, there's so many things that kind of went on inside internally, inside my mind and my soul and my heart where I could have been like, fuck this. I'm getting a job. I don't want to deal with this pressure, but I didn't. I pivoted. So success, when I don't give up, I am damn successful and I'm owning the shit out of that because, and you should too, like not giving up is a measure of success in my books. And now it's really easy for me to feel successful because I can just be like, well, dude, you didn't give up. You didn't go get a job. You didn't do shit you didn't feel like doing. Like, I mean, there's a, even in the coaching, my Love Soldiers Coaching Academy, like I could have continued pushing and pushing and pushing, but my heart wasn't aligned in the hustle anymore. I love coaching women. I love supporting, but my heart wasn't in the hustle. I could have easily just continued that and done it and busted my head wide open doing that. But I knew I'm not feeling this anymore. I can't do that hustle. And so I didn't give up though. I pivoted and I'll still get to coach. I'll still have my one-on-one clients, but I didn't give up. And that's a massive um, pillar of success. So feel free to steal that one. Or when I do anything for my business, whichever business I'm working on, whether like doing this, this is my podcast business. Well, guess what? I'm successful because I'm doing something. Or when I take care of myself, right? I'm working very diligently on cutting gluten completely out of my diet. I've been really good. I did fall off the wagon for the last couple of days and PS, my body can tell I hate it. It feels awful. Um, but when I take care of myself, I'm successful when I dance for myself or sorry, um, when I spend time with loved ones, that's another win, right? Like I, I made it so impossible to feel success And so I'm here trying to get all these values and try to feel into them. And I'm completely sabotaging the shit out of myself. And the lastly, my last toward value is connection. So when I play with Scott, my dog, or when I play with Bianca, or when I journal, or when I pray, or when I meditate. So again, I'm working on connecting with things inside of me and or, you know, my pets. I'm not looking to other people to create connection anymore. And the trick about these, like when you do events like this, the trick is to like go back and read this stuff. You know, a lot of people will get really hungry. We'll do it for, you know, a week or two. We'll focus on all the stuff that we're looking at. And then all of a sudden, like a month has gone and you're like, oh, what's that to word value thing? I was like... And this is part of, and I mentioned it in the blog post, um, I created a dream book, which is like essentially a vision board and a binder and my date with destiny posters in there so that I'm looking at it all the time. So let's look at your away values or my, you're not yours, but maybe yours, um, your away values. So the away values are, I mean, probably more important, I guess, than toward values in the sense that human beings are doing one of two things. We're either trying to avoid pain or trying to go toward pleasure. And oftentimes we're just trying to avoid pain. And so that's what these away values are. And by the way, just to clarify, the toward values that I read you are all ones that I have done as of now, but they weren't what I showed up at the event with. And again, I don't even know where those are, so I'm not even going to go back to it. But this is the cleaned up, more powerful version. And same goes for the away values. So here we go. 
there's only three. I think I had probably six when I started and things like, so that one I remember was rejection, loneliness, shame, judgment, scarcity, and one other, but I can't remember. So now I cleaned it up. And basically the shame is, so the, the way value, sorry, the rules for that, they were easy. Like for shame, it was like when I looked at my body, when I looked at my body naked, when I tried clothes on that didn't fit, when I saw other women wearing clothes I wish I could wear. Like I made it so freaking easy to feel this shame. And so now the, the goal is to make it so it's not easy. So shame. Only if I were to consistently focus on other women's bodies rather than the miracle of my body would I forget how glorious my body is. So I make it difficult. Like not, and not this isn't as difficult because it's you know, it's not hard to get caught up if you're on social, right? To look at other people's bodies and be like, oh my God, I don't look like that. But it's only when I consistently focus on other women's bodies. Okay. Well, like I'm not going to do that. And then the, the most beautiful part about, I think this whole thing is really that it brings awareness to the thing that you're like, it just brings awareness now. So now when I look at myself and I start to feel shame, I can jerk myself out of it and say, okay, dude, like you're focusing on how you don't look like blah, blah, blah. Instead of looking at this body who made four people, like I created four lives, right? And and I'm good. I've had my gallbladder taken out. I've had my tonsils removed, my adenoids removed, my appendix removed. And like, I'm still fucking healthy. Like when I don't focus on that, yeah, easy. I could feel shame about how I have an extra friggin' spare tire around my waist and how I'm not a size eight anymore, blah, 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 blah. So it's only when I consistently, consistently focus on other women's bodies or how I don't look like many other women that I'm going to feel this shame value. And so I made it difficult. So judgment. So I had originally had that I would feel judgment when I spoke about Tony Robbins or when I spoke about personal development or when I talked about my ex or when I talked about my body. So I talk about all four of those things pretty often. So I'm feeling judgment all the effing time, right? So now it is judgment. Only if I were to consistently focus on those who don't want to understand personal development, would I feel the judgment of others instead of loving how it's changed my life right? So now if I'm feeling judged, now it's a judgment, obviously, if I turn it inside, maybe, you know, obviously I'm judging it, but now I can say, hmm, I'm going to talk about Tony. And if the person doesn't want to hear about Tony, that's okay. I'm going to talk about Byron Katie. I'm going to talk about Joe Dispenza. I'm going to talk about all the people that have changed my life in personal development. And that's okay. And And just really, when I lean into the fact that it has radically changed my life and the outcome of my whole family's life, and then my friends, and then the people they know, I'm not feeling any judgment. I'm like, holy shit, this shit's amazing. And so only if I were to consistently focus on those who don't want to understand personal development, would I feel the judgment of others instead of loving how it's changed my life. Beautiful. Scarcity, number three, my number three away value in roles. So scarcity was if I didn't have, you know, a hundred grand in the bank. Scarcity was if I couldn't go on a trip when just at the drop of a hat when I felt like it, or I couldn't go buy a big item if I wanted to and I couldn't. I mean, and, and none of that's real right now, right? Like I'm rebuilding my wealth. I'm rebuilding my whole life. Like it's, it's just those things aren't happening. I can't just go drop 10K on a trip right now. 
So if I can't go drop 10K on a trip right now, I'm feeling scarce. That sucks because that's real. So I'm living in that. And then I'm just perpetuating more scarcity when I'm in that zone. So only if I were to consistently focus on what I don't have, will I forget how damn abundant I actually am. And only if, or only if I were to consistently believe in the illusion that I can't make money like my peers, will I remember I can make money like anybody else. Like no shit. Like we've sold literally millions of dollars worth of blog posts and website content. Like those are tiny ticket items, right? I've, so it's only when I consistently focus on the illusion that I can't make money like the people that I follow, that's when I'm going to feel scarcity. So that one's easy to, to get off my list. So those are kind of like the two main pillars of this whole event. And I know I sort of went off script here, but that's okay. Um, and the third thing is change your story, change your life. We've heard this a gajillion times. I can't hear it enough. It still rock, rocks my mind. It rocks my soul. It's my favorite freaking statement of all time because it's literally the absolute crux of every single thing in your life that's working or not working and mostly not working. If it's not working, my friend, it is the story you are fucking telling yourself that's keeping you in a loop. And so I'm going to just read off the blog a little bit here just because I love um, just keep things cohesive. Regardless of how many personal development events we go to, we will always find a way back to some old stories that we know don't serve us. We also have a way of playing that story over and over and wondering, why am I still stuck? The short answer is it's your story, your beliefs. The longer, the, the longer story is it's the values. Um, but you're not going to learn about the values in the beginning of learning about yourself because that's just sort of deeper diving shit. You're going to learn about the story. So like that's kind of the beginning of all personal development. I'm unhappy. Okay, cool. Why am I unhappy? Well, because it's the story I'm telling myself. Story you're telling yourself about why you're not happy, blah, 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 blah. Like, But bottom line is that's the absolute core of everything is starting at the stories. So why is this, you know, like, why is that a pillar in personal, personal development? It's because it will, that one question will change your whole freaking life. When you ask yourself, what story did I make up about this? Right. Are you in the story that may, that maybe you're, um, that makes you pissy, that makes you scared, angry, the victim. Are you the one that sees things for like, consider that you might see things worse than they are. Maybe that's your story is that, oh my God, I have to see it worse than I am to protect myself. Okay, well, that's a story that's totally not going to serve you. Why don't you see things not worse than they are, but for what they are actually, right? Don't blow it out of proportion. As soon as you blow that story out of proportion, everything is very, very difficult from that point. And it all boils down to the story, the core story. Um, and I think that's exciting because it means that you can change the story to something way more compelling, right? So change your story, change your life is still a huge one. But... When you start to do this work and you start to consider, you know, how, like if you just sit back and you look at your life like a movie, right? And you just think about, like for me, my story was um, for sure in my marriage, like it, oh, there's an email that's just come through. Um, it was my, my husband should, shouldn't have Asperger's. Okay. For example, he has Asperger's. He's my ex now, but you get the gist. Well, my story was he shouldn't have it. I'm never winning that fucking story, guys. Ever, ever, ever. 
right? So change my story. Well, he should have it. Why? Because because that's how he was created and there's beautiful parts to that and it's it's none of my business, right? So why did, why was that a benefit to me that he did? Oh my God, it, like there's so many things I've learned in the last one. Now I can still sit in the, I should have, you know, I wasted my, what if my story is I wasted my 24 years with this man who is never going to love me the way I wanted to. Is that compelling? No. Can't, do I go there sometimes? Yeah, for sure. But I don't live there. I did. I did live there, but I don't now because I changed my freaking story into something compelling, something that was going to push me forward. Right? It it toughened me up being in this type of relationship. For sure it toughened me up. It made me absolutely emotionally fit. Now, not not when I was in it, but it made me emotionally fit. And even now I'm learning so much more about myself in the process. So, change your story, change your life. Honestly, like if you're a victim, if you've got victim mentality, and I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody here. Hang on one second. I need a sip. I'm not trying to throw shade, but I'm like, let's be fucking realistic here, ladies. Like, let's get to the real shit. Let's not, let's stop bullshitting ourselves. If you are looking at your life and you're thinking, oh, I'm a victim, right? Oh, this is happening to me and not for me. You're the only one who's going to suffer in this moment. Like, just sit with that for a second. You could look at your life and be like, oh, he left me. Oh, I'm the victim. Or why did he leave me? What was going on? Where's my responsibility? Where am I accountable? Or my business ended. Okay. I'm so sad my business ended. Okay. Well, where are you accountable? Maybe it wasn't the right business for you. What did you learn? Like as soon as you change what it means and change the story, honestly, total freedom. Um, Let me see what else I wanted to chat about. I think that's kind of it. So again, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's sort of it, but I just want to reiterate a couple of things. Personal development isn't a one hit wonder. It never, I, I don't think anybody has ever claimed that it was. Um, but some of you might think that some of you might be like, well, I went to this one event and it was so good. And like, I'm good now. It's not, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's a forever process. And I would say like, be excited about that because every, you know, this was my 24th event. Wow. Yes. I know a lot of events, but every single time I do learn something, I do learn something that's life-changing this time, the playfulness value for me, life-changing. Um, every time I walk in front of a mirror and say I'm naked. Oh yeah. You know what? Actually I do want to talk about one more thing. One of the things that, and this, this might take us for a while now, I apologize. Um, but one of the main things that you come out with is your primary question. And this relates to when I, my shame away value of shame. But there's a question that we always act, ask ourselves that like plays a, it, like, you know, the, the saying it lives rent free in my brain, in my mind. That's what this is. The primary question lives rent free inside your head. Mine at the beginning of this event. So last time I did it, in 2019, my primary question was, how do I save everybody? Ha! Are you kidding me? Like, how am I going to win that battle ever? I'm not. And all it did was put me in a constant state of, oh my God, I got to fix people. Oh my God, I got to save them. I got to save them from themselves. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Blah, 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 blah. So then I changed my primary question by the end of the event to how can I show people what real freedom looks like? And I absolutely, again, what the fucking freedom, I don't know. I mean, I know why that obsession happened, but Really, freedom from having to work for somebody else, freedom from mainstream media, which I didn't even know I was doing until now, freedom from 
just stories that were going to hold me back, right? How can I show you what it really looks like to be free and have sovereignty over your own thoughts and all that? So this time, my new primary question was, like in the negative was, what the fuck is wrong with me? Legit, like that's that was my primary question. And I would think about that when I would walk in front of a mirror. The fuck is wrong with me? Why are you so fat? Why are you so disgusting? Nobody would want to have sex with you. You're gross. What's wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? That was the loop. Or why can't you make money like blah, 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 who's making six figures a month? The fuck is wrong with you? Why can't you get along with your ex-husband? What the fuck is wrong with you? Constantly. It was always what is, what's wrong with me? Now, my new primary question I'm happy to say is how can I appreciate even more how lovable I already am. And a lot of people will throw like God into this new primary question. And I'm, that's just not for me. I'm not like, that's just not for me right now. My whole board, my whole poster board is really focused around myself. And that might sound selfish to some, but if you've done the work, you understand why I'm, I'm really focused on me this year and not me. I'm like, self-love quote-unquote because I think that that's such an overused term and nobody really understands what that means except for you but when I say focused on me I'm focused on I am focused on loving myself more deeply but by doing that by focusing on my finances and my business and making sure I'm good before other people are good is a radical shift from what I used to be doing I would help you no questions asked and not I wasn't helping from a place of abundance, I was helping from a place of lack. Because if I didn't help or I didn't offer the free coaching or I didn't offer the money or I didn't offer the blah, 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 or I didn't give you a deal on your coaching, then you wouldn't love me. And if you didn't love me and I wasn't enough, then that was the end of it. So I was focused on other people putting the oxygen mask on other people and not because I didn't love them and not because I didn't want the best for them. But the core of it was if I didn't, and this was me all the way, all the way up until 46 years old. If I didn't do that, then I wasn't going to get, I wasn't good enough on my own for you to love me. I wasn't good enough on my own for you to want to work with me. I wasn't good enough on my own for my marriage to work all these things. And so as soon as I, and so that is what 2023 is about for me is like understanding I have to fill this cup up more in terms of, and how that's going to happen is focusing on myself, focusing on my finances, focusing on my business, focusing on blah, blah, blah. Instead of looking outward to help other people, I'm not ready to help other people at the scale that I want to. Now, does that mean I'm not going to buy a person a coffee or, or give somebody, you know, homeless person a few? No, but I'm talking like the big stuff. I was spending money that I didn't have. I mean, I had it. So let me rephrase that. I was spending money I had giving to other people when really I should have been building my own wealth and building my own investments. But, and that's the thing. I want you to really come away with this and understand like, Yes, I know a lot of people want to give, and I know that that's part of your DNA. It's part of my DNA, but it shouldn't be in spite of yourself. And that's what I was doing. And another layer to that piece is that I just had a conversation with one of my best friends, and she's such a glorious soul. She's actually going to be on my podcast, so at some point. Um, But she's such a beautiful soul. 
Like she just wants to give, give, give. And I was like, we were talking about it. And I said, holy shit. Like, I just realized something. What if us, cause she's like, well, no, I'm still going to give. And I said, okay, that's fine. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give at a large scale anymore until I'm financially secure enough where it's an overflow and I'm able to give in the overflow, right? Until my house is quote unquote built, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go build somebody else's house. Doesn't mean I'm not going to do nice things for people. It doesn't mean that I'm going, not going to be crewing. Like crewing is a big thing. But I was crewing every flipping event. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't have the capacity. I have to focus on me getting my shit back together in a way that I'm happy and comfortable and I'm feeling good about. So I the question came up for me, was I giving? Because again, right? if you think your toward values and your way values or your toward pleasure away from pain, if I'm uncomfortable about my financial situation, right? Let's pretend, not pretend, let's like I am uncomfortable with my financial situation. I know we've, I've made tons of money and I should have more of it and it should be working for me and it isn't. So when I look at my, my, the way that I've had my relationship with money, it was like, it was a burning, uh, burning a hole in my pocket. Right. So if I don't want to look and get real about what the financial health is of my life, What's the f- easiest way to avoid feeling that shit to give? So if I'm over here busy giving and feeling really good about sending people to unleash the power within, and if I'm feeling really good about coaching somebody for free, or I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm, this is great. I feel really good. I'm giving, I'm helping people. This is amazing. I don't have time then to look behind me excuse me, at what isn't working in my, so it's a beautiful distraction. So sit with that. Ask yourself if you're doing that anywhere in your life, because on the surface, she's, look how beautiful she is. She's giving to all these people. She's doing all this charity work and she's doing all the da, 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 da. Okay, cool. But am I distracting from what the reality is of the bank account? Uh, In my case, yeah, I think I probably was on some level. So you couple that with, yeah, I'm doing it because I don't want to look in the bank account and see that it's not the number I want with, well, if I don't give to this person, they're not going to really love me the way that they say they love me, or they're not going to be around in my life, et cetera. All of a sudden you can see this recipe for disaster. And so taking, and my, that's the primary question. That's how that plays in is if I think there's something wrong with me, I'm going to do all these fucked up behaviors that are actually just going to continue to make my story right about myself. Well, there is something wrong with you. Look at you. So bringing all that back to my primary question, when I would walk in front of a mirror, I would see my body and say, what's wrong with me? Or I'd look at my bank account. What's wrong with me? Blah, 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 blah. Now my new primary question is, how can I appreciate even more how lovable I already am? And if I'm lovable, I'm not fucked up. If I'm lovable, I'm not doing things wrong, quote unquote. I'm doing my best. But then all of a sudden there's grace and I give myself grace. So now when I walk in front of a mirror and I hear that old bitch talking about how I don't look like this or blah, blah, blah. Now the conversation is, Damn girl, you lovable. Look how fucking lovable you are. Even with your roles, super lovable. And the energy changes, my physiology changes, and most importantly, the neuropathways are changing inside of my brain. Because anytime I feel shame, 
instantly now I'm, I have primed myself to say, how can I appreciate even more how lovable I already am? Because there's nothing effing wrong with me. Every decision I've made brought me to this point, And that's where this, I needed to be at this point. So that's, that's what I really like. That was kind of the, the biggest thing. Um, that primary question is seriously the outside of the values and rules, but you can see how everything plays together. My primary question is, and then all of a sudden you can see why my toward values were the way they were and my way values were the way they were. So now everything is, serves me. And the last thing I'll leave you with is my mission statement. And that's part, that's kind of the funnest part I would say about the whole exercise of building this poster. Um, so in 2019, I left with, I'm here to build an army of love soldiers, which you hear me talk about all the time because that's why I'm on planet earth. But now I morphed it into, I'm here to build an army of love soldiers in the most playful way possible. And oh my God, is it going to be playful? There's so many crazy ways we're going to do this. So whether it's building my army, because so 2023, um, I'm joining EXP in the real estate world. I've, I've told many of you that's my decision. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, I don't have anything, any point of reference. So a lot of older agents or agents that have been with brick and mortar are like, oh, EXP, and they sort of poo-poo it because they don't, they don't know. Um, but I have no point of reference. I'm brand new. So to me, it's the most logical place to start. And I can build my own team. It's like multi-level uh, networking. So I can build my own team. And guess what it's called? The Love Soldier Army Real Estate Group. Right. So, and that's going to be playful AF. We're going to build this incredible team of women um, and maybe some guys if they want to join, but women in particular, because that's what my content speaks to. But we're going to build this incredible, playful, kick ass, money making mother effer of an army together. And I'm so pumped about it. So, I'm here to build an army of love soldiers in the most playful way possible. So, that's it. I've gone on for a super long time. This is the longest podcast I think I've recorded in a minute. Um, again, if you find value, like reach out to me if you have questions. If you, One thing I will tell you is that I am thinking about doing a masterclass. I haven't done one in probably six months um, around how to build a dream book because I really feel excited about it. I, I'm Listen, it's not perfect. You'd be the guinea pig of me teaching this because I've only done one for myself, but so far, it's a lot more powerful than just building a vision board. So if you're interested in that, let me know. And uh, we can talk about, you know, how that's going to go and all that fun stuff. So love you all. Thank you so much. If you listen to the end, bless you, you're a friggin' saint. Have a good one and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.